how long have you been working this job? Uh, I have been at NBC for, um, it'll be eight years in, uh, I guess, January. Oh, wow. Okay. And what were you doing before? I worked at another local station here in New York, uh, Channel 11, which I was there for six years. Um, and that one was, certainly for the first three years, I was just straight general assignment reporting, covering fires, covering politics, covering shootings, um, just general interest news. And then in my second three years, I kind of split my time between, I would say, slightly more in-depth kind of invest. They had a little unit called the Fact Finders Unit, which was like not quite as dedicated to investigative reporting as, as we are here, but it was like gave you, kind of got your feet wet in it. And right. So I would do about, I was still on TV pretty much every night covering general news, but I, uh, I was able to kind of get my feet wet a little bit in investigative reporting. I would do like two like fact finder stores a month. Okay. And what's your official job title here? Investigative reporter. Okay. Mm -hmm. And your, how, how often are you on TV? Um, I, I would say an, uh, an average of once a week. Once a week. Yeah. So are all the investigative reporters, do they all do TV segments? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, I mean, this, in, in our I-team unit here, it's funny because, like, we're working together on the Lawrence Wright thing, but I guess you haven't really, like, you're working mostly with Jesse on the social media side. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we the I-team at, at NBC4 is five reporters. It's okay. me, Jonathan Deans, Melissa Russo, Hazy Chang, and Sarah Wallace. Um, and we each cover... I mean, I think we each have our own little... Um, areas of interest that we probably end up covering more types of stories. And is that just kind of more like naturally kind of yeah. happens? I mean, I mean, certainly for Melissa, it is politics. And okay. so Melissa is a little bit of a different creature because she is on TV much more than once a week mm -hmm. because there's a political story in New York right. City every day. Right. And we don't have a general assignment political reporter and an investigative political reporter. She's both. Okay. So, like, she's working on some longer-form story, but her investigative reports maybe make air once a month okay. or less. And her daily political stories are on almost every day. So she's, like, breaking news and investigative, kind of, you could say? Like, breaking political news, yeah. I mean, they're not going to send her out on, like, a fire. Right, or like, totally. You know. um, and then Jonathan... And is it just for New York news or... or, or um... We're local New York City. I mean, you know, regional. New York, right. New Jersey, Connecticut. Right. Um, certainly, especially these days, national news is oftentimes local news because national events affect... Big cities, right. you know. So I mean, like, it doesn't mean we won't be covering, you know, Trump-related stuff or whatever, you know. Um, but uh, and then Jonathan, he he has a pretty narrow um, topic area, which would be federal law, federal law enforcement, and city law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Basically, he covers a lot of like terrorism-related oh, okay. type, uh, you know, the Joint Terrorism Task Force, which is an FBI NYPD partnership after 9/11 that became like its own beat in New York right, City. So, right, right. Um, you know, he, so he is a, sort of the, the go-to guy. That. But Paisley, myself, and Sarah, we really kind of do investigations that can go from campaign finance to, you know, the, 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 the uh, corporate uh, fraud to, uh, you know, uh, wrongful prosecutions, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, is that we can really go all over the place, you know. Um, uh, also, data journalism, you know, like uh, what's really happening in 
the immigration courts. Right. Um, you know, let's look at outcomes there, or, or you know, even more hyper local. Um, you know, it's getting cold, so let's let's take a look at three one one complaints uh, about buildings that aren't providing the statutorily oh, mandated heat. Yeah. And we'll find out who's cold this winter and right. who should be warm were it not for you know, bad action on the part of the landlord. Right. Right. So like, you know, those are the types of things that all any three of us might do. Do you cover a lot of stuff about NYCHA? Yeah, I probably more I would say probably more than more than anybody. I just was reading something about how like no one knows what they do with all of the money that they receive. And then there was, I mean, that was mentioned in the podcast that we're working on about the cameras. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, and then there was like the, the rap problem that was, that made like a bunch of news. Yeah. We, we, I did a story about, uh, the city's efforts. They had a rat reservoir program, yeah. which was trying to designate, which was trying to like target these places. But it, part of our story was sort of questioning whether this was really just moving rat populations around rather than... Yeah. Um, and we and, and you know I've done stories about lots of stories about infrastructure at NYCHA things things like lighting mm-hmm. you know after a police officer was shot in the stairwell of a NYCHA building and wow. the police officer excuse me after after an innocent man was shot in the uh, stairwell of a NYCHA by a building police by a police officer who wow. was patrolling that building the police officer said it was too dark I didn't know you know you know um, uh, I've done stories on. on um, and I actually just did a follow-up story a couple of years ago. There was a woman who was attacked in her home after someone followed her through an open door in NYCHA, and the doors were not locking. So we did kind of a data story where we went out and surveyed buildings and found that the, magnet, the magnets that are supposed to keep the doors locked so that you have to have a fob or a right. key. Um, you know, if I can't remember the percentage, but we showed the percentage of doors that are op- wide open, you know, and, like all the and time. who would want to live that way. With, right. their, with the front door of their building open to anybody else, you know. So, um, so yes, definitely NYCHA has been a, a, a I think, a, I've also done stories about, um, you know, NYCHA is a federally funded agency uh-huh. with local control. So most, uh-huh. most funding for housing comes from HUD on the federal level. I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's the uh, ha- uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development. So oh, it's like okay. a federal agency that, um, that basically provides federal dollars to help support uh, uh, a f- low-income housing and subsidized housing, you know, in, in public housing agencies like NYCHA across the country. Right. And uh, they should have some oversight, right? It's their money. So they provide certain standards about what the housing should look like if we're going to give you this money. And so, you know, I took it, I, I, I found out about a particular survey that, that they do to try and keep these public housing agencies honest. And we found um, you know, very often NYCHA uh, is accepting federal dollars, but not adhering to the standards that are supposed to that they're that they're really required to to adhere to in order to, in order to get this money. Right. Are there like a are there certain types of stories that you feel like the most kind of like personally like attached to? Is there like can you think of like a theme of something that you feel like the most invested in when you're reporting I, I, on? I think that like what I like what I try to if I have a, a, a topic area that is both most rewarding to me but also I think like kind of takes advantage of my my personal curiosities and my personal skepticisms. Mm-hmm. I generally like to, to take uh, stories about complex financial 
um, topics and try to explain how they, the, the effects of those processes or, or um, you know, uh, practices ultimately filter down to people who have no idea that, you know, this, is, this matters to me. I'll give you an example. Mm. So, um, you know, pension, public pensions, what are they? Right, they're they're retirement talk. funds for yeah. cops and teachers and you know and 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 you know public employees make up a big part of the the workforce in a big city like New York. You know, right. um, and you know these pension boards have vast amounts of wealth to invest in lots of things, um, and and how does that affect anybody? Right, like as long as their pensions are funded, people get their retirement. Right. But like, some of the work that I've done has looked at like um, the ways in which sometimes public pensions, like private sector investments, take advantage of poor people, and so they work at cross purposes. Like you know, we did a story about uh, the the hypocrisy that in New York, payday lending, which is a type of big big private equity funds and big companies, they make lots of money off of what some people would argue is modern day usury, like like. 30, 40, 120% interest for a loan to someone in advance of their paycheck. So if I get paid $100 a week, mm-hmm. I can get $80 today right. before I get, and then I have to give them my paycheck for $100. Right, huh. so, so this is a big industry. It turns out that's illegal in New York. It's legal in 30 states, but there are certain, in New York we have... Um, limits on the interest rates that can be charged. And these are just for like personal loans? They're little personal unsecured, they're secured only by a promise to, that, you, that you'll give them your paycheck right. and you get it at the end of the week. It's like, you, a, it's like a paycheck advance basically, right? But mm-hmm. it, but if, if your employer doesn't offer that, it's like... No, it's not your employer that offers it, it's like on the... In, in, right, it's in, like when you're, if your employer doesn't offer that, then these people are taking out loans for the same Oh, you're like, saying reason. some employers offer advances? I see. Uh, is it maybe so? I don't know. I think for like lower, for like you know, like minimum wage jobs. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, it's like you know, it's like go to a struggling neighborhood. You're gonna find a lot of liquor stores on the corner. You're gonna find a lot of places that are willing to make you a loan at a higher interest rate, right? Because these people, oh, people don't have a lot of money, right? And they need groceries on their table today, right? So, you know, but it's not just that business that's doing that work, right? It's a big company. It's a multinational sometimes, or at least a national company that you know has this business model some would argue is predatory you know toward low-income uh, people but New York has this like what some people would say is a really progressive tough law that says you can't do that kind of business here mm-hmm. but I did a story about New York's various public pension funds which invest heavily in payday lending so they're investing in something that is illegal <laughs> they're New York pension funds Investing in something that is illegal in New York. And so, what's the loophole? How are how are they not? It's not a loophole. There, it's legal. It's not. It's illegal to make payday loans in New York, but it's not illegal to invest in. Whoa, that seems. So, so you know, it and and it puts the onus on public officials who run these pensions right. to say, you know, you know, I, I for the most part, I'm aware of what I as an individual am invested in. Right. I'm paying these public officials to be aware of what they're invested in. And if they're then going to run, you know, the controller who in New York manages the pensions. Right. It's like five public pension public pension funds in New York. Firefighters, teachers, police, um, 
uh, like uh, public authorities like MTA and then general general government uh, back office type of work. Right. Um, and you know, so we went to the controller and said, like, how how do you how are you going to be like the progressive Democrat that you say you are when you're actually your pension fund is investing in something that is literally <laughs> illegal and some people say immoral right. because it, some people say it, you know so sometimes so, it? so you asked what it's a long answer to a short question which is like what kinds of stories do, do I find rewarding and, and are my skill set you know um, suited to and I think you know um, I think trying to demystify fairly complex financial um Machinery is, mm-hmm. is something I'm good at because I, I I try to be good at two things. One is like finding a real person right. that's affected by something, right. and then building it back up so you see like and for that story, for example, we found somebody who had to file bankruptcy because she couldn't pay back her payday loan. 